What a uh, what a busy week. Very busy week. Nice though. Like good uh, good busy. Uh, had my final week at school. It was cool. Nice to be uh, leaving there with like some good work done. I'm pretty pleased with things I managed to get um, get done before I left. Went to the Emirates. Saw Arsenal get beaten by Barcelona. Um, very enjoyable game like sometimes when it's just not really much of a contest that can be like not a great watch but it was it was a good watch maybe part of that is just like when you're watching European Champions you just kind of whatever happens there's going to be elements of the game that you can enjoy but I think there it actually was a it actually was there actually was quite a lot of stuff in there that you could take away and be like oh okay that's well from a coaching perspective anyway that I, that I felt like I learned from um, I thought Bob Matty was the best player I think Rolfo got player of the match goal and an assist like really really great goal and an assist but I thought Bob Matty was really really good um, so that was nice uh, my uh, game for Coughley got called off because the opposition uh, were unable to field a team which is tricky um, not a not a great situation to him, but Luce and I went to Margate for the day, so we used used the time well. It's really it's really nice when you're not used to having a Saturday um, for stuff other than football to actually be able to go and do stuff other than football is really really nice. So that was good, um, and yeah, I'm kind of winding down for Christmas. Got some time off next week, which will be really really good, and then the following week I've got. Palace and then I'm done for Christmas which uh, it feels about right I don't know how much more I'd be able to to do before really wanting a bit of a rest <clears throat> so that's nice but oh Spurs had games called off because of Covid which is not a great sign um, United couldn't train today because they have had a Covid outbreak it's uh, Sunday the 12th as I record this Um so yeah, we're in a bit of a precarious place as a press conference tonight, a Boris press conference, but I think it's a kind of not a, not, we're not about to get uh, a load of new restrictions. It's just going to be about the booster program. I have booked my booster. I will be having it next Sunday at a place in Kentish Town. And then I'm going to go to Spurs against Liverpool. So it's going to be a very, very, very emotional day. Uh, this one, uh, this episode is a bit different. I went to school with Rachel. We were in C form, form C. Um, so we were in the same class for years 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And it's a great chat. She's obviously doing great. And it's really, really interesting to hear about veganism and cooking and like how she got started with all of that and kind of some some more general thoughts on social media but honestly more than anything it's so nice to catch up with someone you went to school with I don't know how like obviously doing it on a podcast is a bit is a bit different but like I just urge you to try and speak to someone who you went to school with like get back in touch like before we started recording she was saying and it's completely true that like you think you're going to have reunions and people you went to school with you're going to still be mates with or you're still going to be in touch with but that's just not it's not what happens it's not how it works um and obviously particularly with covid like you know, there's not about to be like big meetups or anything um so 
more than anything, Rachel, how nice to catch up. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'd say Rachel is the, uh, like the, she's the person with the biggest following I've had on. Um, so you never know what might happen off the back of this. Maybe I'll be getting sponsorship offers if Rachel helps me kind of blow this thing up. I've been thinking about who I'd most like to sponsor this podcast. Uh, top of the list is Soreen. I just think that would be, that would be as good as it could get for me if I had like all the different flavours coming in regularly. I think it, it must be time for the Christmas one to come out. I haven't seen it in Morrison's. I'll keep a lookout. Um, but I think Soreen would be great. Uh, maybe an espresso if I could get pod, uh, pods, coffee pods um, coming in. That would be a really, really cool sponsor. I guess the black premium, premium one would be like David Lloyd or Third Space maybe to have like a lovely gym look after the podcast would be great. Pipe Dreams. We can have Pipe Dreams. Um, maybe I'll have Rachel back on at some point to talk about getting sponsorships and how you work with brands. Um, definitely nowhere near the point of being able to do that yet um but this is uh yeah i guess kind of the thinking behind getting rachel on was um that she's just back training after having a baby um so to hear a little bit about how she's going about doing that is interesting from a pt perspective um and then like nutritionally and food wise like being vegan um particularly i think in kind of mainstream fitness circles uh can often be uh, just a bit of a like, but how do you get your protein? Is like the question that I feel comes up quite a lot. So we chatted about that a bit, um, and then, like I say, some some social media stuff, and it was great. Thanks, Rachel, so much for for coming on. Um, episode will be up next Friday. Um, I'm going once a week now. Um, so make sure you're following along um, and please do share it with anyone you think might find it interesting um, it's nice to see uh, to see who listens along um, so yeah Rachel Ammer vegan cook and superstar I guess there's no other word for it um, is coming up next Rachel, I actually made a list of the people who went to Fortismere who I think have like made it and like done really, really well for themselves. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of like untouchables. So like Ray Davis, Dave Davis were in the kinks and they went to Fortismere before it was called Fortismere. So they're like kind of another, do you know what I mean? Like you're never going to, no one's ever going to be as famous as them. Rod yeah. Stewart, you're never going to, no one's ever going to, do you know what I mean? Like he's just like another level. Fortismere. Yeah, but it was cool. It was like had a different name. It's been. It's. I think it's had like four or five like iterations. But yeah, Rod Stewart and Dave Davis, Ray Davis, and then in like the modern era, Jess Glynn, like big, yeah. big, big name, Michael Kiwanuka, mm -hmm. who's like doing yeah. amazingly well. I think you're in that group. No, don't. I honestly do. <laughs> Random people. Uh, like who I know through no avenue other than just like friends of friends of friends, whatever, all follow you and rate you so much. Oh, stop it. That is too sick. I don't feel like I deserve that, but I appreciate it. <laughs>
North London's finest. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you had a baby during lockdown, you said about 15 months ago, and you're back in the gym training regularly. What, what was the adjustment to getting back in the gym like and how long did it take and how do you feel now that you're, that you're kind of back in the swing of it? It's crazy, right? So I trained before I was pregnant and then when I found out I was pregnant, so very early days, I was still training, but then lockdown happened and all the gyms were closed. You couldn't go outside, you stayed at home. So I was left to my own devices to train at home online. And after a while that it just, it wasn't working for me. So I, I, I just enjoyed my pregnancy in lockdown at home and I would walk every day in the parks, me and my mum, my mum would take me out even right to the end of my pregnancy. But my fitness plummeted like it was it was really bad so I think about six weeks after I had my baby I have a PT and I was going once a week and whoo my muscles were sleeping my abs were two fingers apart so the first thing that we had to do was just build my abs before I could do anything because your core is needed for everything you like I I was very aware that if I didn't repair that and rebuild that um I was just going to give myself injuries and mess up so it was really really hard in the beginning I I felt like I was starting from so far like I've, I've never trained and been so exhausted so the combination of my my body physically has just changed I just had a I just gave life to a baby and <laughs> everything is in in different places and rearranged and finding its way back to itself while my abs are apart so I'm building that I'm tired because I'm breastfeeding I'm not I'm not sleeping but I'm very much dedicated to find strength because I felt so weak I was just walking my son up the stairs my room's aloft and doing that was exhausting I, I didn't want to like holding him I'd ask my mum mum can you carry him up because I'm just too tired so I was really keen on building my strength but in a comfortable space because it, it was really hard so I would say the first six months completely sleep de deprived training um, I've never felt so exhausted training like it was self-defeating if that like <laughs> yeah I would train and I just feel so like frustrated at myself at how hard it was I'm constantly pushing myself I know the end goal but it was just so hard like I can't even explain like it was really hard for me I think because I stopped training it was just so hard so you're kind of dealing with that like t you've had time off like if anyone took time off and they went back to it they'd find it difficult you've had a baby yeah. that makes it much more difficult and then you're kind of at this point psychologically where you're like fuck I used to be able to do this why can't I do this anymore yeah, that's and a hard combination. Right. Yeah, and you haven't slept, and you haven't <laughs> slept. That's so, that is the amount of times that like I have sessions with someone, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not. Did I do more than that last week?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm, they're like, "Oh, why? Why is that?" And I'm like, "How did you sleep last night?" And they're like, "Yeah, not great." Or like, I went out, or like, I had to get up in the night to do whatever. And it's just so common. And for you to, <laughs> yeah, to try to be training off like back to back to back nights of poor sleep, like obviously that's gonna have an impact. It had such an impact, but at the same token after the first couple months it just started getting a bit like I noticed I was getting stronger my body was changing shape I have this picture of like this before and after and the most telling 
sign for me was my posture. So because I'm breastfeeding and I've just had a baby, my my shoulders and I'm just hunched over. Uh, my posture is so bad. And after training for a couple months, I was standing tall and straight again. And I could feel it in the way that I would walk. I feel like there's this idea that you're supposed to have this like bounce back thing, which obviously a lot of people call very toxic. And I agree. But what I like to talk about is being able to stand tall and walk confidently and I can run up the stairs and I can pick up my son, I can throw him in the air and catch him. These are the reasons why I wanted to be back in the gym. I just wanted to feel good. So I'm still deeply sleep deprived, <laughs> but I'm so much stronger and I, I blooming love it. And I love that I just pushed myself and just kept going. Obviously sleep deprived, you have to kind of be careful that like you don't want to like overdo it. So I, my trainer laughs at me because I like come in like absolutely shattered and she'll look at me and like my eyes are like red and she's like how do you sleep and I go mm. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll start from there but she's like Rich I'm so proud of you like I just see how tired you are and you're just smashing it and it pays off so full circle yeah for sure that's the other side of it isn't it it's just like it's one of those things that you do it and you get better and then you do it and you get better and being able to track it in like a yeah, from a strength perspective, is so so satisfying. I bet. But you, I saw you're deadlifting and you're doing you're doing everything. Yeah, right? I have a, I have a great PT. Like I'm sure you're an amazing PT. We just haven't <laughs> trained together yet. Yeah. But it, it it like yeah, it's great. I'm not like really really strong, but I'm like good strong and I feel strong. It's lit. Yeah, I think that's such a good it's such a good place to be in. Like I had a client who she had a baby. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, 18 months ago, that yeah. sort of that sort of range. Um, and when she first got in touch with me to to say that she wanted to, to have sessions, she like her brother's a physio, and I think that was like a big part of her. She's like, Well, a physio's giving me the green light. So like I'm I'm just ready, like psychologically, like let's do it. Um and she just over the course of like, I think we did 18 weeks. So she had like six three, six week blocks. She just like yeah just the the development coupled with the like satisfaction of being able to get back to the point where she'd been not only before having a baby but before, like she, like five years ago she was like you know well into crossfit and was doing loads of big deadlifts and, and compounds and stuff and she was like i did, honestly didn't think i'd be able to get back doing it but she is and it, that's just so great so so great yeah, i love that so I wanted to get in touch with you to chat for a couple of reasons. One, like I said, just before we started recording, I found my yearbook and I thought, oh my gosh, there's so many people who I would love to chat to. I haven't chatted to for a while. Um, but the other reason was like this, this time of year for me is like so much about food and getting time to cook with people you love and eat with people you love and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I wondered if you would be able to talk me through maybe like where you think your initial interest in cooking and food came from. It came from um, traveling. Um, after uni, I worked in Urban Outfitters and I was a wine waitress and I saved up. Oh, it wasn't enough money because Urban Outfitters don't pay enough. And then I got a job in recruitment, which was soul destroying. And I saved up enough money. You know what's really funny though? I tell people my first day in my recruitment job, they came in and they were like, if anyone's come here, to save up and go traveling, walk out that door now. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, oh my God, they've blocked me. Um, I just kept my mouth shut. And then a couple months later, I was like, hey guys, I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> best decision I've ever made. Uh, I went traveling, we did South America, road trip the States. And I was just having so much food. 
I wasn't vegan yet. Um, lactose intolerant in South America. Well, that was a challenge. Yeah, not ideal. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was hard. Um, but I just had so much food. And I remember I was in hostels and I was trying to recreate food that I'd had when I was just in different countries. I remember in Colombia, I had adults con cocoa and it blew my mind. I was like, they, they caramelize the coconut milk and then fry it in the rice. And you have like brown, crispy, soft, sweet, nutty rice. Like what? I want to make this. And this was before like technology was at its peak peak. So I wasn't like YouTubing how to make it. I was just in the hostel trying to make it over and over and over again. I remember even arguing about, with this guy about cilantro because I was like I've got coriander and he's like no that's cilantro and I was like, coriander and this was way back so again I was like so clueless and neither of us realized it was the exact same thing he was just American and I was from the UK and then from there I came home and I was just so ready to start cooking like my mum was like who are I went from your basic uni student meals of like tuna pasta bolognese and then mom's cooking to suddenly just creating all these meals. And then I went vegan and I was just really determined to find my, my new love and kind of the love I had that I didn't realize I had of food in a vegan way. And it just grew and grew and grew. Mm, Cause I remember like first watching some of the videos you did with David. Yeah. The like pineapple and kale stuff being like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is, this is, this is cool. Like, and that, and that was, I remember at that point, but it was like, you know, it, it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like, here are some, here's some alternatives to the, the meals that you're probably eating if you're not yeah. someone who spent loads of time thinking about cooking, right? Exactly that. That was the, all of the inspiration in the beginning was like, this is something I love. Okay, let me make it vegan. Like, what, what does that look like? How does that taste? How can I replicate the flavors? How can I swap out textures with vegetables? and just make really buff food because I really wanted, when I kind of realized, I, I'd had my own health journey with lactose. Lactose destroyed me. And I'm really grateful for my mom in just giving me the idea that lactose was causing all these problems in my body. And I cut it out and it, it changed my life that it was such a very clear moment of how food affects the body. And when I kind of realized veganism and eating plants and how beneficial it can be, I was just so eager for my friends and family and everyone to just not look at plants as like Ugh, unseasoned, gross food and actually really good nutritious food that can be really tasty and we shouldn't be kind of like cussing people for wanting to eat kale, like what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's just as straightforward as that. It's like I this this thing. There's this thing that everyone should know about, and yeah. you feel like you could do it in a in a in a way that appeals to people, which you obviously do. It's definitely changing, but I still get a sense, and maybe it's to do with some of the circles I'm in, which is like football circles and basically gym circles, where there's this like big misnomer around how if you want to be like a high performance athlete, then you have to get your protein from me. Would you be able to maybe debunk some that misnomer or point to some of the ways that you have been able to like see people have yeah. a great lifestyle coupled with training really, really well, despite being vegan. It's so hard to say and so hard to call because like me training and being vegan, I'm fine. <laughs> like 
I have a well-balanced plate of foods, my breakfast, my lunch, my dinners. I have uh, protein powders, really good protein powders, plant-based protein powders, and I feel fine. And I've seen, you know, certain athletes have moved to plant-based diets because they found that they perform way better and there is some science supporting some not supporting I think it's so hard to tell but I think it really is down to the individual so when people talk about veganism sometimes it's this idea like you should just be vegan and I don't think it's that simple I think everyone's gut is different I think everyone's gene pool is different so you kind of have to go with what works for your body ideally I think people should be eating way more plants and there are proteins there are amino acids in your quinoa in your black beans in hemp seeds in chia seeds like they do exist in plant-based forms and you'd be getting it straight from the source rather than recycled from a plant so it's like I say to people try it out and see how you feel um I couldn't give you from a I'm not a nutritionist no no an advocate for saying uh in my experience being plant-based and training works (laughs) yeah for sure and there's also like more and more high profile examples like if you can be a professional bodybuilder and be vegan like most average people can get sufficient protein from from uh from vegan sources and you're going to be fine and i do think there's a this probably less now but like it's still, it's still very much there. Like when I, like I qualified as a PT over lockdown and there's like a handful of modules on nutrition and like macronutrients, all that sort of stuff. And like, okay, to be fair, like the course is awful. Like it does need changing and updating, but there's so, so much of it. It's just like, here's a plate in on one third. Here are some carbohydrates and it's right. potatoes and pasta and rice and bread. And it's like, here's our protein third. And it's, a big cow and chicken wow. and, and here's our fats and it's chocolate and it's Stop eggs. It. not it's not quite that reductive but do you know what i mean like it's it's basically it's basically right. what you've described before uh before realizing that there were like vegan alternatives to to creating the foods that you liked and if that's like what people see and digest that's a good that's a good pun actually digest in terms of knowledge and in terms of food then maybe maybe they will maybe that is what they'll think for forever and ever yeah yeah uh wasn't there the the guy that i have mum brain but the guy that was like he won an award for being the strongest man and he was vegan yeah there you go (laughs) so (laughs) but i'm yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah for sure for sure i think that 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 protein element is definitely something that comes up over and over again it's like well if i can't eat meat how do i get my protein and like you said there's there's obviously other ways so that, many you, that you can do that so many sources and there's so many really good high quality plant-based protein powders that exist um and they, they're really great so i advocate for those as well i have them when i train and i feel great yeah for sure um did you ever expect that like cooking and talking about veganism would become your job no (laughs) there was never a plan for that to happen no it was um it was me finding my love in creating food and feeling better and doing better for animals the environment and my own body I just wanting to share that message because when I when I first 
went vegan if I looked for recipes they were super bland super dry um I didn't see anyone other than kind of like white Australian people sharing (laughs) food and I already knew that there are villages and towns and countries that are vegetarian based and they're seasoning food and they're making sick food or plant-based you've got rastafara it's like there's plant-based food but online at that time you couldn't find those recipes and I felt like that was missing in the space in terms of if I looked at it there was nothing really aspirational that I really related to and I wanted to like I wanted my friends to be able to go like oh yeah I'd cook that I'd make that oh I like Caribbean food I like this or that so um, I didn't know I was going to be doing that. And when I, when I did it out of that kind of passion for wanting to share it, it was like, oh, it speaks to people. Like, let me just keep going <laughs> and keep sharing. I've got like random people being like, I'm eating more plants because of watching you. And that is like, that, like you, you do such an awarding job in helping people's health through fitness. And it's like a similar, like, there's like in my opinion eating more plants is only a good thing so it it was just such a like wow it's changing people's lives for good not saying they have to be vegan or not it was just I'm introducing more plant-based foods into my diet and I'm loving it Mm. can you remember the first YouTube video you did like that you uploaded like by yourself onto your channel I don't know if it was the first one I did but it's the first one that like got fair views okay what was that (laughs) It was so embarrassing. I think I did like three, was it like three vegan breakfast ideas or recipes? And um, in it, like I, at that time I had barely any subscribers and like barely any, I wasn't, I wasn't really doing much. And I was like singing in the video, dancing. I was just being me. Mm. And I remember it sat still for a while and then it suddenly like got to like 300,000 views. And I was like, holy moly (laughs) all these people have just seen me like at like a buffoon in my kitchen sharing recipes and like it was a it was a really weird crazy like wow (laughs) moment um yeah but I I can't watch that video now (laughs) I guess that's it's probably a good sign I don't know I feel like people have said this to me about coaching which is like you should like say you the first football session I ever did had been recorded if I watched it back I would be like oh my god this is awful I'd pick it apart and be like how on earth could I ever have done this and felt like it was good there's probably something similar with putting YouTube videos out absolutely my sound was I didn't study how to do sound how to feel these I did business management like this was way out of my element and even today like I'll get someone leave a comment saying like your sound is really awful or you need a new mic like on a really old video and it's like yeah thank you I'm yeah. figuring it out now <laughs> yeah it's, it's that was 2015 or whatever yeah. yeah um yeah that is funny do you like are you you just had a kid I don't know it's like do you is it is it weird that you're just out there as just like someone can watch your stuff and see into your life and knows what your kitchen looks like and all those things like have you adjusted to that because you've done it for a while now I think because I've kept quite a lot of privacy um I feel all right but I've always wanted to keep that I think with sharing online you you welcome so many opinions from people uh even though you might not want them and I've always like my my main goal is sharing food for people to enjoy and 
you see my kitchen but equally you don't know my dating life you don't really know my whole family you don't really know where I live like I I put in boundaries to keep myself protected and to keep my head sane because I say to people when they want to start YouTube and stuff I I I think it's so important that you choose what you're going to share and you choose what you're not going to share because you you just kind of open yourself up uh that can welcome a lot of hate and because because you know it's like not everyone loves the color pink like it doesn't matter if you're like the most perfect person in the world someone might not like you and that is so normal in life so you you just have boundaries so that you don't feel like you've given yourself too much Mm. and do you like do you have to or did you you like sit down and draw those up before you start doing it or those things that like does that evolve as you as you grow and grow it just evolves I think I've just always been very mindful of that maybe because I was watching like reality show from young like I always knew that I was like I just want to keep some things private and what I share you know people get enjoyment from and stuff mm. I would I would recommend it to people just figure out what you want to share and what you want to keep close to your heart it's good advice very good advice um I've just stopped working in a school I've been doing some work in a in a primary school but I like do some stuff with secondary school kids quite a lot um whether it's football or like going in to like teach them how to lift weights and like get them used to the gym for the first time that sort of stuff um I don't I every time it shocks me how often they're on their phones I don't know it's such an old person thing to say but like it is genuinely mind-blowing that like someone can just sit and be on TikTok or be on Instagram while they're supposed to be doing something like active and be present for. And I just, I like, can you imagine being at school with all of these, all of these things in your life? How different would your life be? Honestly, like, I don't, I I feel sorry for them in a lot of ways. Um, There's pros and cons, but maybe because I am, I didn't have it. I just, I, it scares me and it, it does for my son in having, Uh, boundaries because attention spans and links with ADHD with kind of being just on these screens you're always looking you're always searching you're always looking for something else and except for what you have right here it's terrifying even just in terms of bullying I was literally saying to my mum yesterday uh, I remember in secondary school I didn't get acne but I used to get like a seasonal spot right in the middle of my nose and it was massive and we were laughing about it and I was I literally said god if I if that happened to me in school now there'd be video evidence photo evidence of yeah, this know. spot that I felt insecure about and in terms of bullying like there's it's just so intense like you can't have any privacy in some respects and um I find it terrifying. Yeah. People would be like sitting across the classroom, filming, zooming in on your face. And do you know what I mean? It'd be all that sort of stuff, wouldn't it? Literally. Um, yeah, it is, a, it is a different world. Do you enjoy it though? Like, are you, I don't know. I feel like I've chatted to some people who are quite big on social media and they'll say things like, well, it's just my job. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing more than that. But then there's definitely other people who are like, no, like it's it's a great way to interact. And it's like a, something that they're like, they look forward to posting and kind of thinking about the best way to schedule their content and all that sort of stuff. Where where are you with with all of that? I'm, I'm quite confused at the minute. I recently started doing um, offline on the weekend. So I just stay out of the matrix. I'm just not on social media, just so there's like some balance in my life. Um, I think 
because it's turned into a job I I don't remember what social media feels like for just using it with your friends because what I share loads of people react to and have an opinion it's like a different headspace so it's like great in connecting with people like it's amazing like I've made friends in different countries because of social media I've been able to share recipes all around the world because of social media but at the same token uh, it gives so many people access to you um, and there's like a entitlement sometimes with that access and uh, again I feel like it's a it's a balance game I think it's great but I think it needs boundaries mm. this is a really stupid question is it just like you post something and you just have to like drop your phone because within like 30 seconds like a million notifications have come through is that literally what happens that's dramatic Josh I don't okay. have a million <laughs> okay, okay but you know what I mean you know what I mean you know what I mean it's like uh, I do put my when I post I put my phone away m- mainly because if I per- post for myself is personal no not personal if I post for myself it's just a post if I'm posting in collaboration with a brand there's that feeling like the post needs to do well it needs to get engagement I need the comments I need to reply to the comments and sometimes that is just too much so I just put my phone down um and then when I feel ready I'll then go in my phone and then I'll reply and then I'll see how it is but yeah I I I realized when my Instagram grew a lot I became uh, more nervous to put or like I'd second guess because I can be quite goofy or silly and and sometimes you're so with people just can reply to you and people can just bring you down and people can just ruin your day really quickly with just a comment on like a fake account a fake profile that you sometimes feel like I'm not gonna share that I'm not gonna be my goofy self I'm not gonna share the songs I love so balance that this is why I say when I said to you I just don't know I'm figuring it out <laughs> yeah 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 of course that's fair I had this chat with uh with a guy called uh called George who uh is quite big on like social media companies being regulated and we talked about in the context of like racism that the England players were getting yeah. over the course of um over the course of the, the Euros and the summer and like more broadly through the through the season he was like at some point someone's gonna have to step in do you know what I mean? It's gonna. It's, it's, it just has to happen. Whether it's whether it's government, because clearly, like these these companies aren't going to regulate themselves. Um, and that's it's just yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole world and set of circumstances that we don't have legislation to protect people <laughs> like from. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you're if you're evolving and still figuring it out as you do it, like no wonder the and and, and you're doing it regularly. No wonder the law and no wonder like the kind of I guess psychology of thinking of being nervous when you post something no wonder that's still there because you're not sure like what the ramifications are for anyone who steps in offline at the weekends sounds that sounds healthy that sounds I recommend it to everyone yeah Uh, because you could just get lost scrolling and before they've made it addictive on purpose like so if you can take like you might not be on it all the time but if you're someone that you realize you're on your phone a bit too much take the weekends off and just be present figure out what you want to do and then go back on Monday yeah what's your December January looking like have you got have you got big plans or are you like getting ready for a for a festive period at home I have decided uh to I'm just trying to finish up as much work as possible so I can actually give myself like a Christmas offline 
which I'm very excited about. I don't have a kitchen at the minute because I'm renovating it. So I can't really cook and I can't really create that much content without a kitchen right now. So my December, January, January is January, which would mean I should be sharing a lot, but I don't have a kitchen. So um, it's looking super chill and I need it. <laughs> mm, I'm sure well deserved. I was going to ask you about Veganuary. Do you think that's a decent first step for a lot of people? Because I know there's probably like drop off rates are probably pretty high. Like if you're going to do something just for a month, what's the point would be like my cynical reaction to someone saying that we're going to do it. But I wondered what you thought. I love the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's uh, a great way to introduce yourself to it just throw yourself in it and go, all right, January, let's make magic happen. Um, and if it works for you, it works. If it doesn't, you tried. <laughs> That's how I feel like you tried. But in general, I say to people when they're thinking about veganism, I, I think, well, I went overnight, but that's just my personality type. But if you go gradually, it's kind of, I say to people, maybe like one day a week on Mondays, be like every Monday we're making a vegan dinner. And then just keep doing that for a while until you familiarize yourself with the recipes and what you like to eat. Then be like Mondays and Tuesdays and then just build it from there. And then before you know it, you know your vegan meals and you're eating more plants, you're eating more vegetables and you're living your best life. What a, what a, what a time. So many, <laughs> so many great, so many great vegan foods, so many great vegan options available to the world, um, which is great. What's the, what's the plan with the kitchen? Have you got, have you got big plans? Yeah, I'm finally going to have a kitchen island, which is like a dream, uh, which is going to make shooting videos way better. And I can have guests. I feel like it's just like, maybe, I don't know, having a kitchen island is just, it's like, I've yeah. It's a, it's a, it's something like, oh, can I, can I attain that? I guess with cooking, like, look, with cooking, and particularly if your stuff's going online, like, you need space, don't need to prepare things, and yeah, that gives you, gives you that. That's really nice. Um, wicked, Rachel, just what, a, what a pleasure to think that. Uh, what's the year? Twenty twenty one. To think that eleven years ago, eleven and a half years ago, finishing school. Look at you now. Yeah. Look at you now, Josh. Um, we were in the same form for how many years? Yes, what, year seven to year? 11, right? 11, yeah, so it's, it's a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, it's funny, the way that um, different, the way I feel like I stay in touch with people from school um, just varies so, so much. But being able to, like, see people doing well is, that is one thing that I'll say social media, it, like, to see yeah. like, like Zoe, like with Cozy, right? Like to see just yeah. out of nowhere, to see that. I'm like, this is so great. And I can yeah. just like, it's, 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 it's like, it's a genuinely like great thing to be able to just look and see what someone's up to and see that they're doing great. And like that access is so, so fun. Not like, like LinkedIn, I'm just, I'm so done with it. I think it's awful. But like yeah. to see someone's like, I don't know, brand, company, whatever, to see them fly in is just wicked. It is. And then being able to just be like, yo, it's been years. Yeah, You're doing amazing. Sure. Yeah. That's literally <laughs> what I did to you. I look back, I realized that the, I, I, the last time I messaged you was like 2019, where I was like, uh, sorry, have you got the macronutrient information for the Temple of Satan? <laughs> you were like, no, obviously I don't have that. <laughs> but like, that was really nice to just be able to do that. 
It is it's absolutely so my pleasure. It is my pleasure. Um, I hope you have a really nice rest of Sunday, and I hope you have a great week next week. Thank you.